Hey, girlfriends, it's me, Carol Fisher, back with another season of the global number one podcast, The Girlfriends. Last time, we investigated the murder of Gail Katz. This time, we're uncovering the identity of the woman who was buried in Gail's grave for a decade before she disappeared. Join me and the rest of the club as we tell her story. Listen to season two of The Girlfriends, Our Lost Sister on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hi, guys. Nancy Grace here, host of podcast Crime Stories with Nancy Grace. I've dedicated my life to fighting crime and helping crime victims. For a decade, I prosecuted violent felonies. Every day is a mission. Every day is a chance to stop crime and keep one more person safe. Listen to Crime Stories with Nancy Grace on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast. I'm Scott Weinberger, journalist and former deputy sheriff. In my new podcast series called Blooded, I'm embedded in the cold case investigation into the death of firefighter Billy Halpern. Experience this investigation in a truly unique way, untangling secrets that may reveal the answers to not only one case, but almost a dozen. Listen to Cold Blooded, The Apollo Jim Murders on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Imagine you're a fly on the wall at a dinner between the mafia, the CIA, and the KGB. That's where my new podcast begins. This is Neil Strauss, host of To Live and Die in L.A., and I wanted to quickly tell you about an intense new series about a dangerous spy taught to seduce men for their secrets and sometimes their lives. From Tenderfoot TV, this is To Die For. To Die For is available now. Listen for free on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts. School of Humans. Hello, everyone. Welcome to Cadaver Gals, the podcast where we talk about all of the ways that people have died throughout history to cope with our own mortality. I'm your host, Taylor, along with Gabby. Hi. And Nika. Hello. Oh. Hello. Okay. So today we're going to hear about the death of an 18th century thief, and a murderous woman. Oh. Love when a woman is murderous. Mm-hmm. Yummy. So today's trigger warnings, they're intense, you guys. They include poison, hanging, explicit talk of penis and vagina, murder, penis, torture. Penis, vagina. And rape. Penis, So penis, these penis. are oh. bad. Yep, rape, <laughs> that's really bad. Um, oh my gosh. Yep, it's intense. So you've been warned. Cue the music. Okay, we loved that music as usual. Before we get into it, I'm just really curious, Gabby. I need to know how you came across your story today. We all have our ways of finding things, but I'm just, I just feel like you you found this in a weird way or something. I don't know. Uh, well, I googled boner death. Okay. And so this is how I got to this one. You know, you do that and then you look at Wikipedia for a while and then you're like, oh, here's something interesting. And then you kind of like go off. You just go off. And that's what happened. That's our very journalistic way of researching. Great. Yeah. And one day I will donate to Wikipedia, but (laughs) it is not this day. (laughs) But you just like randomly thought boner death. You were like, hmm. 
Okay, Surely. well, I have been thinking a lot about boners in space for like this joke I've been doing. So I was like, we already had done some space death. So I was like, what about boner, boner just okay. regular bone? Because you can't get a boner in space, which I know is disappointing to everyone. Oh, you can, but it's very up. hard. It's hard. Wait, very hard. hard, like like hard in the haha way, or hard in the. It's difficult, difficult. to get hard in space <laughs> because, like, your testosterone. Also, like, ladies, uh, are people with vaginas also difficult to get aroused? So it's just also in space. You just your your libido drops a lot, so you don't even want to have sex in space. So I don't know why we're going, honestly. Okay, so. literally, Elon Musk. Think about that. What yeah, is wrong Elon. with you? How are we going to procreate if we cannot get horny in space? That's true. Very That's valid. the thing, you know, because it's like it's, I can't mess uh, around with these limp dick motherfuckers anymore. So <laughs> it's actually really sad, too, because I was thinking about my sexual attraction to the aliens and alien. And now that makes me sad because I'm like, wait, would I not be horny for them in space? Would they have to come down to Earth to ravish me? Okay. Yeah, that's why All we right. have to save the planet is so because the best boner you can get is on this planet. So that's my what? appeal to people. <laughs> okay. Right, anyway, yeah. this Gabby, is, we're, this yeah. is di- you know, Taylor was like, let's not have a chaotic intro, but I'm glad it then became yeah. a chaotic post intro. <laughs> So this is actually, uh, we're going to the 18th century. Okay. Uh, no space. There's no space in this. Just boners, maybe. S- space Spoiler. is there. But <laughs> space is that's there. That's why there are more and more babies. <laughs> there are more babies? More orphan children. Yeah, because people were actually horny in the 18th century. But most of them, like, died <laughs> early. <laughs> it's like yeah. one in five children at this point were probably dying of smallpox. So this is like Ooh. 17... Early 1700s, and we're talking about this guy named Jack Shepard, and he was a super famous thief. He had like a great moment in like 1724, because not only was he a thief, he also was able to escape from prison four times. Good for him. I know, good for fucking him. But yeah, so he was he was born into a pretty poor family and started working in carpentry. But then, you know, he started boozing and getting getting with the ladies of the night, you know, as they do as you be doing. And one time at this bar he would go to, he met this dude who was like, hey, you should just like start stealing stuff if you want money. So he was like, that's a great idea. Um, <laughs> so, you know, he was thieving and shit, but, you know, he he got arrested. Right. But that's when, you know, he started escaping from prisons and he did it, as I said, four times, which is incredible. The first time, what he did was he crawled through the ceiling of his cell because it was just like a bunch of wood. And then it was funny because there's like a crowd that like gathered around the prison. They're like, hey, someone's escaping up there. But he had already kind of escaped and gotten down from the roof. And he joined the crowd and it was like, yeah, someone's escaping. We got to go find him, dudes. <laughs> oh, my God. And then he scampered away because, you know, he he was good at distracting people. You know, a little misdirect, a little thief action He's there. He's like a magician. Yeah, he was great. And the second time, he and his lady lover, um, who was a lady of the night, they both were arrested. And basically, he was able to get out of the window. And, you know, he had tied all like the bed blankets together as like a rope. And something that people always remarked on was like, he was a very small dude. And his lady lover was a very large lady. So people were like, wow, he's so strong, lowering his lady love. (laughs) Love that. That's great. Also, I am trying to find pictures of him to see if he was hot. It seemed like he sported a buzz cut at one point, which... I mean, no, he had a ponytail and stuff. He just had, like, some people said, like, his hairline was really far back. But they say he was very Mm. handsome. Okay, that's good to know. Short king life, I suppose. Um, Short 
king and lack of hairline life and you know? ponytail great well he did and, and <laughs> well no it was just there was this one picture of him in prison that someone had drawn and then someone did a print of it a few years later and they had made his hairline further back and apparently that was something people needed to comment on as like a historical piece of evidence for something i don't know what the evidence <laughs> is or like what the representation of a, like that hairline is but people were talking about it okay <laughs> but <laughs> His third time he escaped, they were like, okay, this motherfucker is, like, good at escaping, so we should, like, you know, do ha- take some more precautions. But they didn't take that many precautions. So what he had done is in the door of his cell, like, at the top there were some bars, and so he was able to file one of the bars out. And then his lady lover and this other friend of his, uh, two women, they came into the prison to visit him. And what they did was one of the ladies started flirting with the guard, you know, to distract him. And then his lady lover gave him a dress, basically some women's clothes. So he wore the women's, he put the women's clothes on and snuck out through this bar he had filed down. Um, And, you know, if a man is just dressed in women's clothes, you just can't tell anymore, you know, (laughs) I guess. (laughs) Also, it's like two women went in and three women came out. So I'm just like, you got, what the fuck, dude? (laughs) Also, to file down some bars, that would probably take some time. Like, they weren't checking in on him. Yeah, they weren't. So that's I mean, because he had, like, really. filed it and then he made sure he would, like, put it, put the bar back in, like, you know, when they were, like, passing by. So, okay. and also he, like, was able to shimmy through the space because, again, he was small. He was a small little dude. The fourth time, they were like, okay, let's take this seriously, right? <laughs> and he was put into this cell that was called the castle that was, like, in the center of the prison. And he was, like, chained in irons and he was like chained to the ground and stuff but he like was very easy it was very easy for him to like get out of his chains and he would like walk around his cell being like nah. How? <laughs> Little dude. Would he get out of mischievous he was just like i think he, like if he had any sort of thing he could like pick a lock basically it seemed and anyway for this one he like somehow like was able to like scurry through a chimney at some point and then he would like go back through the prison he was like oh i need to go back to my cell to get some things now so i mean he was just like walking around and just like he got escaped again and then he like got on top of the roof of the prison jumped to a neighboring house broke into the house just like walked through the house nobody noticed and then just like went to go uh you know thieving and whoring so a very different kind of just like my ex (laughs) i think my i (laughs) I'm not kidding. I really think my ex is like the reincarnation, down to the same name, literally. Small, mischievous, <laughs> same name, like what, charismatic. Ugh. And you wow. are just a large lady of the night, you know. <laughs> 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 but then anyway, Jack, uh, he then, because, you know, he was like a big alcoholic and doing like very nefarious, obviously. Um, he didn't seem to be too cautious about the whole he was also at this point he had been like sentenced to death for thieving so he should have maybe kept his guard up but what he did instead was he robbed this pawn shop and then he (laughs) was like walking around town wearing these like really fancy clothes like he was wearing like a black silk suit and he had a sword and all these rings and he had these two mistresses he had been hanging out with and he finally was arrested again and he was like blind drunk and then they put him in like another cell 
where they like chained him down with like 350 pounds of like irons and stuff. And then at that point he couldn't escape. But also then like he was already, this was all happening in 1724. And so like he was becoming very popular. Like after his second escape, people were like, this motherfucker is cool as hell, you know? Cause he like came from a poor family. And so he was like, became the symbol for like the lower class and everyone was like really on his side. But unfortunately, the fifth time he was arrested, he was unable to escape. He tried several times, but it just didn't work. But it was also funny because while he was in prison, like rich ladies would like come and they would like pay money to like come look at him, you know, because they're like, this guy's so cool, you know. (laughs) Okay, that's interesting. Yeah. So this story is kind of kind of what happened next is very similar to that time I was talking about that lady, Elizabeth Brownrigg, who had killed her apprentice in 18th century London. So he was... Oh, I remember her well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. So he was also sentenced to hang at Tyburn, which was like the famous gallows at that point. But he was super popular. And so like 200,000 people allegedly came out to come see him get hanged. Um, And that was at the time, that was a third of the population of London. Lord. And also usually they would hang a bunch of people at once, but they were just going to hang him uh, by himself because, you know, he was so high profile or whatever. They were like, how's he going to escape this one? How's he going to escape? And like he did have a plan. He had several plans that were all thwarted. Uh, And then his final plan was that they were going to let him hang. And then his friends, like after he got hanged, they were going to cut him down and they were going to rush him to a doctor to try to revive him. Because sometimes people would survive a hanging. And because he was small, that meant, you know, there is going to be less pressure. So it was more likely that he was going to not that it's likely that you're going to survive a hanging, but it was like more likely that you would survive because your weight is not able to kill you. Uh, So you're just like immensely suffering or whatever, or it just takes you a long time to die. The problem is that everybody else who was there and the crowd also knew that. And they're like, hey, we need to be great to this guy. We need to give him a quick death. So when he was hanged, everyone like pulled his legs down so he would die faster. Oh, so it wouldn't be as painful. Yeah, Yeah. I mean, they're trying to be helpful, but that also like thwarted their plan. But their plan was also probably not going to be successful. Anyway, so alas, he couldn't be revived. There is no revival. But wait, there was there was some sort of a revival. Okay. (laughs) Basically, it was reported that when he was hanged, he after he died, he got a boner. (laughs) Okay, here's where the boners come in. Okay. That's right. It's a hanged man's boner. Or maybe he was a hung man's boner. I don't know. I don't know what he had. Okay. Um, (laughs) (laughs) That wasn't reported just his hairline. Just his hair. But people, I mean, there was this one documentary that apparently repeatedly said, like, yes, he had a boner after he died. But the thing is, this is apparently very common for people who get hanged. At some point, they were saying, like, within London, like, one in three people who were hanged uh, would have a boner of dudes. They would get a boner after they were hanged. Oh, my goodness. So just because I guess it, like, feels really good. No. (laughs) Yeah. And this thing is called, it's called a death erection, or they also call it angel lust. Cute, cute little name for it. That's sweet. <laughs> and what they're thinking that kind of happens, it's like the, 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 the pressure on the cerebellum, like from the noose. And this is also like associated, like people who don't die, this is also associated with people who have spinal cord injuries, where sometimes you will just randomly get a boner. And that's also called priapism, which is where you get like a boner for too long. And usually it's not coming from like sexual stimulation. So it's a thing where people sometimes they just be having boners out of nowhere. 
a nowhere that boner. That painful. That sounds uncomfortable. Yeah, and also Priapism is named after the Greek god Priapus, who was oh. the, the protector of male genitalia. Basically, he had been cursed by Hera, Zeus's wife, to have inconvenient impetus. So basically, he would never be able to get aroused when he wanted to. But then all the rest of the time, he was cursed of like having a huge boner erection. So what a joker she was. <laughs> Is what a silly gal, yeah. And then so Priapus was like thrown down to earth, and he was obviously really mad that he couldn't have you know sex when he wanted to. And this one time he tried to rape this other uh, goddess, but then uh, this donkey oh. like started braying, and so she woke up, so he wasn't able to do that. Um, and that's why he hated donkeys. And he was like, Yeah, you sacrificed donkeys to me because they got in my way, got in the way of my rape, so. <laughs> Priapus. What a guy. What a guy. Yeah. And also, I mean, this can happen to women too, where you like get horny by accident and you don't want to, and that's called Priapussy. Um <laughs> No, it's not. <laughs> it's not, but that was fun for me to say. Oh, you're so silly. <laughs> With hanged women, it does happen uh where it's just like you're Parts of your vagina can get engorged and sometimes like people have seen like redness in the labia and then also like um, sometimes you bleed from your vagina when you get hanged. So, oh my gosh. So I'm just saying if anyone's kind of like, you know, you're kind of like a private person and you're getting hanged like with dudes, I would suggest like maybe wearing some loose clothing, you know, probably like don't get hanged in like a latex suit or people will see, you know, your boner, you know, maybe just a loose pant will be good for you. Just some advice. Heard, heard. Good good to know. <laughs> and also, like, when Nico, you know, during that story with uh, Elizabeth, Nico was talking about how, like, people would go and, like, touch dead men after they're hanged for, like, medicinal purposes. You know, people obviously also thought, you know, these boners were good luck. So there have been a few cases where they were chopped off and people got to have the boners. And there were, <laughs> and there was this museum in London that recently acquired an 18th century boner. <laughs> and um, I am furiously Googling. Right now. And it's funny because it was also the boner was like pretty expensive. So they had to like rent it for like 2,500 pounds or something to put it on display. So oh my gosh, I found it. Yeah. They don't know if they don't know if it's for real, but they're like pretty sure it's a real boner. But you guys, anyway. yesterday I was with my best friend and we are planning this trip to Iceland. And so we were like looking at stuff in Iceland. And there is this, there's a penis museum. And it's like all of the different kind of mammal species penis in that are in Iceland in this museum. <laughs> so we were go. like, we were, cause we we're trying Please to, go. okay, but we were like, we were sitting there and we were like, okay, I mean, obviously we go. And then we were like, but wait a minute, but then we've wasted time in Iceland at a penis museum? Question mark. Not wasted okay. time, and, yeah, dude. No, used successfully. Also, this boner almost made me throw up. I truly almost threw up in my, in my mouth. The it is we're gonna post it on Instagram, but we're gonna we're gonna end up being reported. But we'll post it on Instagram anyways. Did you throw up because it made you gag? You know, like no, oh, it literally. Okay. I it's veiny and okay black and like um you can see some redness in like the veins where like paria blood was. It's rock hard, but I personally am not into it. Yeah, thank you. But I mean, okay. that's thing they haven't verified you know how real this boner is so we don't know just yet 
Um, Great. <laughs> but uh, priapism is something that does be happening. And this one little last thing I want to say is that it can also result, or the death erection can also result from other injuries you might have, particularly ones that affect the spine. And one last thing I will say is that um, there was a lot of art during the Renaissance period that portrayed Jesus Christ as having a big-ass boner in the resurrection. Um, a lot of that was suppressed oh. by the church, obviously, because they don't <laughs> want to be seen. Also, baby I'm Jesus awesome had like baby Jesus would have like a big dick too. Oh. Um, and like a lot of this art, and so, you know, maybe like a, cru- a crucifixion or like him being resurrected, you know, maybe he had a bone or two when he came back. I don't know. Apparently, these Renaissance people thought that was the case. I mean, they're trying to be like, let's show his humanity. Um, and I guess humanity is having a boner. So yeah, apparently humanity means you're well endowed. Yeah, humanity. <laughs> uh, I guess all of my exes aren't human. No, I'm just kidding. Um, <laughs> Very funny. Yeah. But yeah, uh, let's but let's talk about our sh- let's talk shit about our exes this episode. But yeah, I just think it's in- there was this dude though who wrote a whole book about Jesus boners in Renaissance art, and you know it's like some dudes will just like write a whole book about Jesus Jesus's boner when they could just like go to therapy instead. But you know, <laughs> and you can find that book at Cadaver. <laughs> it was written by Gabby Watts um, when I was <laughs> four years old. So yeah, <laughs> okay, that's. That's the 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 hanged man's boner. Thank you, story. Gabby. <laughs> yeah, that was fantastic. I feel like we're all the wiser now. Um, yes. Thank you for that. We'll be right back. Hey, girlfriends, it's me, Carol Fisher. I'm so excited to tell you about the brand new series of The Girlfriends. In season one, we told you about the murder of Gail Katz at the hands of my ex-boyfriend, Bob. At one point, a woman's torso washed up on Staten Island and was misidentified as Gail. She spent nine years in Gail's grave, and then she just disappeared. It's almost like it's become this moral obligation to find her. And that's what we're going to do. Find this missing girlfriend and tell her story. With the help of some of your favorite girlfriends from season one, like my producer, Anna. Oh, my God. My friend, Dr. Mindy Shapiro. Hi, it's Dr. Shapiro, and I'd like to speak with the deputy medical examiner. And of course, Gail's sister, Elaine Katz. Having no closure, it kills you. Join us as we try to solve a 35-year-old cold case. It's not going to be easy, but it's going to be one hell of a ride. (gasps) What? I can't believe this. Listen to season two of The Girlfriends, Our Lost Sister on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, everyone, this is Molly and Matt, and we're the hosts of Grown Up Stuff How to Adult, a podcast from Ruby Studio and iHeart Podcasts. It's a show dedicated to helping you figure out the trickiest parts of adulting. Like how to start planning for retirement, creating a healthy skincare routine, understanding when and how much to tip someone, and so much more. Here's a clip from an upcoming episode featuring the weekly home checks, Keyshawn Lane, that you won't want to miss. 
a common mistake that a lot of people do. They use fabric softener when it's not so great for your clothes. Should we never be using fabric softener? No, you should not ever be using oh. fabric softener. Oh. It leaves a deposit on our clothes, which is also left in the machine. And it also makes the clothes highly flammable. Wait, what? <laughs> yes. What you want to do instead is just use a quarter cup of vinegar. And that'll make them softer? That'll make them softer. And if you wanted some kind of scent, you can use essential oils. Wow, wow, wow. Catch new episodes of Grown Up Stuff How to Adult every other Tuesday on the iHeartRadio app or wherever you get your podcasts. Grown Up Stuff. Are you ready to fight back against crime? Hi, guys. Nancy Grace here, host of podcast Crime Stories with Nancy Grace. I've dedicated my life to fighting crime and helping crime victims. For a decade, I prosecuted violent felonies, personally investigating, prosecuting, and covering literally thousands of cases. It's so easy to think it will never happen to me or my family, but that is simply not true. Every day on Crime Stories with Nancy Grace, we shine a light on unsolved homicides, heat up cold cases, and help find missing people, especially children. We speak with family members, investigators, CSI, reporters, and experts in every field. Every day is a mission. Every day is a chance to stop crime and keep one more person safe. Listen to Crime Stories with Nancy Grace on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast. I'm Scott Weinberger, journalist and former deputy sheriff. In my new podcast series, Cold-Blooded, The Apollo Jim Murders, I'm embedded in the cold case investigation into the death of firefighter Billy Halpert. It's just a shame, you know, that they took him from us. Experience this investigation in a truly unique way. Knocking on doors, uncovering new evidence, including the DNA of a potential killer. Uh, my name is Danny Smith. I'm a detective uh, with the Miramar Police Department. This is Scott Weinberger. We're actually reopening an old case, and your name came up. Untangling secrets that may reveal the answers to not only one murder, but almost a dozen. I thought they were going to kill me, so I kept my mouth shut, and I didn't say anything. All these years, I didn't say anything. Listen to Cold-Blooded, The Apollo Gym Murders on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome back, everyone. I hope you still are still listening. Gabby was very kind to send me a TED Talk to further elaborate on some other <sighs> strange medical phenomena. So, orgasms, yay! So, apparently... There is this spot on the lower part of your back that, if stimulated, can result in an orgasm. And so this area is the sacral nerve, which is... Send me the link. <laughs> no, it gets... Yeah, it gets better. So it's called the sacral nerve, and it is located, like, in the lower part of your back, and it descends down into the pelvis. So I was like, okay, that's interesting. So then I, st- I come across this woman's video that said that she was, like, with this guy... And he started kind of like rubbing the her lower back with like the palm of his hand. And she was like, okay, this is great. Love this. And so apparently he, she was like, how did you do that? Where did this come from? And so he was like, oh, I learned it in like Kama Sutra or whatever. And so, so apparently there's this spot in the lower part of your back then that can help you to orgasm if stimulated properly. Nice. Yeah. So in 2004... There was this woman who went to the doctor for chronic back pain. 
So they did us, they were like doing this study. And so they like did this spinal cord stimulator thing that was surgically placed in her lower back area. It's like the size of a pacemaker. And like you have this remote control that triggers these electrodes, which successfully reduced her back pain. Oh, no. But Oh, no. I'm scared. When they tried it, they were, the doctor was like, okay, she, like, started moaning and, like, hyperventilating. And so she, like, stopped it. And she was like, what's going on? And she said, please teach my husband how to do this. That is hilarious. <laughs> and so, Wait, so they basically put a vibrator in her back. Yeah. So her brain, basically, so it reduced her back pain, too. She was like, back pain, less of a thing. And then, but her brain interpreted it as also an orgasm. So they decided to call this device the Orgasmatron. (laughs) Oh my gosh. Spinal cords be nuts. Yeah, because I mean, it can, like, there's all these, you know, when you like, you like, I don't know, say like you pull a hair or something on your leg, but then like you feel it somewhere else. It's crazy, you know? You've ever had mm-hmm. that? I have no fucking idea what you're talking about, Tammy. Yeah, but yes, I hear you. No, like if you have... Yeah, if like with acupuncture and stuff where you have like different pressure points in your body and like being like acupunctured there, you can then like that changes things up here, you know? Shit yeah. like that. What if that happens like at the chiropractor though? Like he's chiropracting you and then and then does the orgasmic sacral whatever. I don't think... No, He's going to put it on TikTok, dude. You can't trust a chiropractor. They're all over TikTok. That's actually true. And they're all super buff for no reason. And they're all just like really like bro-y dudes. We're going to crack this old lady's back. And she's like, and then they're just like, we're going to keep doing it. (laughs) Anyway, so the orgasmatron. There we have it. Okay. So this device has actually been approved by the FDA for bladder problems and back pain. But side effects orgasm but literally you have this like remote control that like turns it on or off so you can literally have this remote control that triggers an orgasm and so anyway so back to this ted talk that gabby sent um was with mary roach and she suggested that in instances where a person has died but is on a ventilator you know to keep organs alive for like transplant and stuff suggested that you could give a cadaver an orgasm by stimulating this sacral nerve. <laughs> so I'm just sharing what knowledge are we with the world about but like, <laughs> what are we talking about? But like it's se- it's seemingly somehow probably related to this um hanging boner problem, right? Perhaps. Is it a problem? I mean, I don't know. Basically, we're talking about boners from the great beyond. Yep. So, God's boner. So it, so anyway, so Mary wrote, she like suggests this and she's like, we should do a study. And they're like, okay, you get that approved. Like, I'm not going to do that. Like, <laughs> so, so anyway. Um, but to be completely clear, it would be with the orgasmatron, right? Not like with someone's hands just like jacking a corpse's No, yeah. Cock. No, no, no. It would be to, <laughs> to massage the sacral nerve or use. Okay. Yes. Not like, Okay. I love the okay. scientific language you just used, Nika. <laughs> Jack the cadaver's cock or whatever. No, 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 no. The JCC. That no. is like if you are applying for research for this topic, that's probably not the language you should use. She, well, this actually, this TED Talk, Gabby, I was like, I was like, oh my gosh, you're going to stress me out with this. But it was actually very interesting. She had, she explained a few different instances of people having unique orgasmic situations, if you will. 
Another one that she had mentioned is this woman who sadly, or not sadly, I guess it depends on how you look at it. Every single time she brushed her teeth, she got an orgasm. I digress. Nika, feel free to change the topic, if you will, with your... I'm so ready to change the topic. I have a story. I have a story that does not involve dicks. Unless you're talking about men in general. Because then it does involve dicks. Okay. So we're going back to the year 1620. Yes. In Palermo, Italy, where this woman called Giulia Tofana was born. Yes, we're going all the way... Back. Now, not much is known about her upbringing other than the fact that she grew up around apothecaries and became very knowledgeable in plants and herbs and medicines. And she worked with her mother. She was a witch. She, no. I'm kidding. Well, I mean, maybe, but who knows? But her mother, she also knew a lot about, oh my God, potion making. So I guess maybe they were witches. Okay. Anyway. <laughs> Now, this became even more apparent when her mother poisoned her husband and obviously Julia's dad in 1633 when Julia was only 13 years old. Ooh, sad. So um, she was sentenced to a swift execution, which left Julia orphaned. But not to worry, because thanks to her time with her mom at the apothecaries, she had all the tools that she needed to take care of herself and kind of thrive. And so she started a cosmetics business, which ran successfully for 20 years. Good for her. Girl bossing. Yeah. Girl, girl, girl boss, boss for sure. Exactly. She got married. She moved to Naples. She had a daughter. She eventually became widowed. She killed her husband. And um, <laughs> was very successful and in demand in her career. And this specifically was because she wasn't just selling makeup, you guys. She was selling a poison that either her or her mother invented. And she named it Aqua Tofana. Love that. Oh. It's a great name. Isn't that a great? It's a sexy name. I mean, that's good to have also like that passive income, you know, along with the big cosmetic. You have like the other small business and the poison. Yeah, that makes sense. Exactly. It was this odorless, colorless, tasteless, and deadly concoction. It left no trace in victims' organs, making it the perfect murder weapon and made her very, very well off. This was at a time when financial independence for women was very rare, and she was just thriving with her daughter and herself selling this poison. I'm, like, so proud of her, you know? <laughs> um, Aqua Tofana was made up of some arsenic, lead, and deadly nightshade, which is this toxic plant. Also, really cool name. I, like, love all these names. I'm so ha- happy about it. It's very aesthetically pleasing. And um, the really cool thing about it, too, is that the symptoms were really slow to come about, and they involved vomiting and agonizing pains in the stomach, but the symptoms were also spread out over a couple of weeks so it made it seem very normal like oh we live in you know the 1600s it's, it's normal to die exactly it's of, normal like, a lot of to things. die <laughs> <laughs> it is normal to die the 1600s it's and normal so, to die period we all die that's true also if you does if you like that means you just like don't know what could have happened because it if it's because like if it's immediate you're like who's the people immediately around me and shit but Exactly. It was very well thought out. Sneaky as hell. Yeah, it was very successful. Now, obviously, Italy in the 1600s was going through the Renaissance period. So it was a very enlightened time. It was fueled by a love of art and architecture, beauty, literature, all that good stuff. But um, women 
for the most part, yeah, and murder, but women for the most part were still obviously treated like objects and they were expected to be quiet and look pretty and not in a kinky way, in a degrading way. Mm. Um, women's prospects were very limited. Obviously, they either got married, became sex workers, or were widowed. And this happened to women of all classes. Obviously, abuse within the household was common. And it was kind of like, oh, boys will be boys. It was very normalized. But Julia was not having it. Okay? Girl bosses don't have that. That's not okay. Mm -mm. She sold the poison in Naples and later in Rome. And she would package it in glass bottles with a photo of St. Nicholas on the front of it and labeled it Mana of St. Nicholas of Bari, which was a popular blemish ointment at the time. She used a photo? How did she have a photo back then? Or I think she like probably engraved it like St. <laughs> Nicholas or something like that. I just, I, I've, I saw the bottles though. They're really pretty. I also like how that's like some discreet packaging too. I appreciate oh, that yeah, as well. It's so cool. And then she also sometimes converted the poison into powder and she would sell it in little compacts for women, like little blush compacts. Ooh. Isn't that cute? So you could do the thing where you like open it and you could just like blow it onto people. Well, like, that was exactly right? how That's very did they tasteful. do it. How did she? So when you got said compact, what would you do? Would you just scrape a little bit into their soup? Yeah. Well, <laughs> that was more for like. Their minestrone. Um, <laughs> yes. So with the compacts, I think that was more for hidden purposes so like she would do the compacts to not attract any idea that it was a it was a poison and then they would put the powder actually usually into soups funny enough or drinks or whatever they made for their husbands and then if it was the ointment that would come in liquid form and they would put just a couple of drops here and there in the foods and she said they could dilute it so like put it in like a big soup or whatever and just give it to them over a course of some weeks or some days or whatever or do like a big dosage but just make sure your soup is very flavorful okay question so you think do you think if a man was like hmm, i have this little blemish and i want to like sneak into my wife's makeup to try and like cover it up what if he like accidentally like used it and then like killed himself i mean there aren't any recorded cases of that but i would not be surprised if it happened yeah or like a quirky story where it's like, you know, she's selling the compacts and then she like mis- mixes them up and she's like, I don't know if it's, is this the poison or is this the makeup? And it's just like, oh, no. Yes. Well, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that probably did happen at some point, but also it was the 1600s. As I said, dying was normal. Now it's just not in fashion. It's just not as fashionable anymore. But yeah, so she would hide it really, really well. And so these wives, husbands never thought to check on, you know, the wives' vanities, tables, and stuff because the poison was perfectly hidden in plain sight and it was easily available and it was really cute, okay? I think the package is adorable and we're posting a picture of it because it's cute. And then she also had a soft spot for women in dire financial circumstances. So she'd sometimes just give the poison away to women who needed it, which is really great. Third rule of girl bossing, give back. Um, She had a really really tight circle. I know, she, she does seem sweet. She had a really tight circle of women who helped distribute it, including her daughter and a Catholic priest. Mm. Um, and lots of women knew about it but never said anything because they were super grateful for her. And they were like, yeah, you know, she was able to free me from my terrible marriage but still get the, you know, the money from the man and all that sort of stuff, which is great. And she actually did this for 50 years, which is very wow, impressive. that's a long time. It is. Especially um, in a time but- where death was popular. Yeah. <laughs> yep. So eventually, and then she was killing so many people too. Yeah, (laughs) exactly. 
<laughs> so eventually, a woman who was about to kill her husband with a bowl of soup, she regretted it. And she began yelling at him and telling him not to eat the soup. And he became very suspicious of her, obviously, and started beating her until she told the truth. Girl, you should have killed him. Um, the woman was arrested <laughs> yeah. and tortured until she finally spilled the beans. But by then, Julia already knew what was happening, and she fled to a church for sanctuary. And the church took care of her and wouldn't allow the authorities in. And remember, this was, was a time when the church was also very powerful. So she kept the operation going with nuns distributing the poison. Yes, wow. queens. Yes, queens. But sadly, a rumor started going around that she had poisoned the water supply, which was not true. Why would she do that? And um, the church was invaded, and she was arrested, and then after being tortured, she confessed to killing over 600 men between 1633 and 1651. She was executed, along with her daughter and three other women in her circle, and that's what happens when you girl boss too close to the sun. Wow. Yeah, that's a good lesson yes. for us all. Yeah. Absolutely. Be a girl boss, but not too much of a girl but boss. Like, not, not too, too much. much. Like, just kill, like, 300 people. You know, like, 600. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> You're trying too hard, girl. 600 is a little... Exactly. 600 is a little excessive, you know? Yeah. But, you know, she broke the glass ceiling. So proud. Very inspired. I'm very inspired, too. Thank you, Nika. That was wonderful. We'll be right back. Hey, girlfriends. It's me, Carol Fisher. I'm so excited to tell you about the brand new series of The Girlfriends. In season one, we told you about the murder of Gail Katz at the hands of my ex-boyfriend, Bob. At one point, a woman's torso washed up on Staten Island and was misidentified as Gail. She spent nine years in Gail's grave, and then she just disappeared. It's almost like it's become this moral obligation to find her. And that's what we're going to do find this missing girlfriend and tell her story with the help of some of your favorite girlfriends from season one like my producer Anna oh my god my friend Dr. Mindy Shapiro hi it's Dr. Shapiro and I'd like to speak with the deputy medical examiner and of course Gail's sister Elaine Katz having no closure it kills you join us as we try to solve a 35 year old cold case it's not going to be easy, but it's going to be one hell of a ride. <gasps> what? I can't believe this. Listen to season two of The Girlfriends, Our Lost Sister on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, everyone. This is Molly and Matt, and we're the hosts of Grown Up Stuff How to Adult, a podcast from Ruby Studio and iHeart Podcasts. It's a show dedicated to helping you figure out the trickiest parts of adulting. Like how to start planning for retirement, creating a healthy skincare routine, understanding when and how much to tip someone, and so much more. Here's a clip from an upcoming episode featuring the weekly home checks, Keyshawn Lane, that you won't want to miss a common mistake that a lot of people do. They use fabric softener when it's not so great for your clothes. Should we never be using fabric softener? No, you should not ever be using oh. fabric softener. Oh. It leaves a deposit on our clothes, which is also left in the machine. And it also makes the clothes highly flammable. Wait, what? <laughs> yes. What you want to do instead is just use a quarter cup of vinegar. And that'll make them softer? That'll make them softer. And if you wanted some kind of scent, you can use essential oils. Wow, wow, wow. Catch new episodes of Grown Up Stuff How to Adult every other Tuesday on the iHeartRadio app or wherever you get your podcasts. Grown Up Stuff. Are you ready to fight back against crime? 
Hi guys, Nancy Grace here, host of podcast Crime Stories with Nancy Grace. I've dedicated my life to fighting crime and helping crime victims. For a decade, I prosecuted violent felonies, personally investigating, prosecuting, and covering literally thousands of cases. It's so easy to think it will never happen to me or my family, but that is simply not true. Every day on Crime Stories with Nancy Grace, we shine a light on unsolved homicides, heat up cold cases, and help find missing people, especially children. We speak with family members, investigators, CSI, reporters, and experts in every field. Every day is a mission. Every day is a chance to stop crime and keep one more person safe. Listen to Crime Stories with Nancy Grace on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast. I'm Scott Weinberger, journalist and former deputy sheriff. In my new podcast series, Cold-Blooded, The Apollo Jim Murders, I'm embedded in the cold case investigation into the death of firefighter Billy Halpert. She's the shame, you know, that they took him from us. Experience this investigation in a truly unique way. Knocking on doors, uncovering new evidence, including the DNA of a potential killer. Uh, my name is Danny Smith. I'm a detective uh, with the Miramar Police Department. This is Scott Weinberger. We're actually reopening an old case, and your name came up. Untangling secrets that may reveal the answers to not only one murder, but almost a dozen. I thought they were going to kill me, so I kept my mouth shut, and I didn't say anything. All these years, I didn't say anything. Listen to Cold-Blooded, The Apollo Jim Murders on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome back, all you cadaver pals. So good news. Makeup is really, as far as we know, no longer deadly. Um, Thank goodness, because... Well, some of it can, like, irritate your skin. That's true, but deadly, less so. But obviously... Back in the medieval times, and same as now, it's no surprise why people did this. It was to basically look younger and to attract a mate and whatnot. Even men would use it. <laughs> is that what we wear makeup attract for? Attract a mate. That that's is, what they used to do it for. That's whenever I put eyeliner on, I'm like, I am ready to attract my mate. Yeah, no, but same. now it's just, we, we obviously we use it for ourselves, but also to make us feel confident and feel better. I don't know. We use it for whatever we want to use it for. But back anyway, in the day, it was only for mate attraction. Pretty much to make them think that you're young. Anyway, but they so and it was also back in back in the day, you know, God was like, hey, you are given this particular look for a reason. Do not enhance it. Do not cover it up. This is how this is how you are. So deal with it. God. Wow. I know. Well, the my church, body, my choice, God. Exactly. But God created you as you are, and you sh- and you're perfect, and you shouldn't have to do this. But then the church was like, "Um, no, covering up your face." Anyway, <laughs> women didn't listen, and especially <laughs> Queen Elizabeth the first, and she was obsessed with looking young. She is frequently depicted with very pale, very pale skin. Okay, so back in the day, much of the makeup was saturated with lead, mercury, sulfur, and or turpentine. Other rituals included rubbing animal poo or blood on their faces. Yo, people still do that, right? They do the blood thing, right? Is Nika that consulting real? You they, do, they do the vampire facials. That is No, but true. is that real? Is it actually blood? Yes. They oh. take your blood 
and then they process it through a I don't know what what exactly they do, but basically they mix it with good nutrients and then they put it back on your skin. Ew. So I don't like that and I probably will never do that, but um I would. Okay. Well, <laughs> back in the day they would use like animal blood and stuff and they would like rub, like Hell, I would do that too. Okay. Well, anyway. Fine. That's what they did. Stuff like that. But also their makeup had lead and mercury and sulfur and stuff. That's bad. So that's bad. So anyway, Queen Elizabeth I um, refused a post-mortem to be conducted, which I guess is an autopsy back in the day. And anyway, so they don't actually know the cause of her death. However, they think that it's quite possibly because of her makeup. That's what got her. However, she did die at the age of, Gabby, are you ready? 69. 69. Yes, queen. Yes, literal queen. Yes. Which is old for, as we discussed, since death was so popular. Yeah. Um, So, but back in her 20s, she contracted smallpox, which almost took her out. She pulled through, however, left some pretty crazy scars. So what she would do is use this product called Venetian Cerus. Cerus, I think is how you pronounce it. I don't know. We're probably wrong. We're always wrong. Um, (laughs) We're always wrong. (laughs) We love ourselves. I don't know how to pronounce things. Sorry. Um, So it is also known as the Spirits of Saturn. And basically, it was like a skin whitener that was lead-based and also had vinegar because the pale white skin was super in vogue at the time. So Queen Queen Elizabeth would use this religiously to cover up her smallpox scars and at her death, it was reported that she had an inch of this makeup caked on her face. Like, wow. that's intense. That's a lot to put on your face every day. An inch. Because, like, so lead poisoning. And so they think that she perhaps had lead poisoning. So this product caused anemia, high blood pressure, abdominal pain, memory loss, muscle weakness, all kinds of stuff. But it also discolored your skin, hair loss, erosion of enamel on your teeth so like what she's putting on her face is basically just disintegrating her and so like it made her put on more so i guess that's what the inch of makeup was about she didn't even have a face by the end literally by the end she was she had very few teeth her hair she was losing her hair oh Um, my goodness so she was just in very bad shape But so a lot of people say that that's probably what killed her. However, there was another. So for her coronation ring, um, she didn't take off for 45 years and it was like embedded into her skin. And so they like kind of (laughs) undid that. And um, they think that she also could have gotten like an infection or something from that. Or perhaps it was cancer. They don't really know, but they most popular that it was the makeup that actually got to her. The Okay, with the coronation ring, did they just think it was infected? Was it made of something that could hurt her or was it just... No, it's because they like tried to cut it out of her skin, you know? And so then, you know, open wounds, how they... I'm sorry, this is really gross. It is That's gross. really gross. She was just walking around living like that? Yeah, it seems miserable. Anyway, so I got, you guys, it's unhygienic. I mean, I get it. Smallpox, though, could really make you look pretty freaky. So, you know, I kind of understand where she's coming from. Yeah, exactly. Beauty kills. It does. I got curious. So today's Queen Elizabeth, Her Majesty the Queen, I was like, what is her makeup routine? So I Googled it, you guys. <laughs> oh, my goodness. It's not, what is it? It's not super specific. It's not, like, confirmed, and there's not, like, all of these super specifics. But here is what I found. 
first of all, I imagine she would smell so lovely and clean and whatnot. And so she uses a, or reportedly, a rhubarb and rose bath and shower gel by Molten Brown. Okay. Her eau de toilette okay. is Florist London, which is a white rose scent. I, I figured she would go for rose, mm-hmm. actually. Same. When you were talking. Yeah. Same. Makes sense. Um, and she apparently uses Clarins, which I've never heard of, probably because it's associated with like royal makeup. Um, and I'm not royal. As what? Spoiler alert, I'm not royal. You are a treasure though, Taylor. As we no, discovered in she's that not, treasure episode. She's not old enough to be a treasure. I'm almost yet. I have oh, two more years. Or be. one more Okay. Wait, how old am I? <laughs> two more years. Okay. And then she has also reportedly the ever matte powder is a must for Her Majesty. Her nail color is Essie's ballet slipper color. That's so boring. I want to see some acrylics on her. <laughs> Put some hot pink acrylics on the queen. You know she's not going to do that. Very. Wait, so she only like, does one nail color ever? Yeah, a lot of people do that, I think. Oh. That's true. And her lipstick, though, she uses pink variations of Elizabeth Arden. And I loved this fact. She uses the world's oldest hairbrush ever manufactured, which is the Oval Cherrywood Hairbrush, which is $75 on Amazon if you want it. Oh, my God. But actually, shockingly, all of these products are relatively affordable. So you can look and smell just like Her Majesty the Queen. Oh, yeah. I definitely want to look just like her. Because, like, yep. no, my cr- <laughs> acrylic nails. I need my acrylic nails. Lynn, I need my tangle teaser, too. I don't use this oval whatever. What is a tangle Tank teaser? finest. Oh, it untangles your hair. It's such a good brush. Okay. What's Wait, it? are you supposed to brush yeah. your hair? <laughs> yes, usually. Anyway, thank you all for listening if you did fantastic taylor if they're hearing you they're still listening yeah but fair enough okay whoa stop the bullying i'm not bullying girl i'm trying to tell taylor to be secure in herself okay thank you all for listening i know you are all so happy that you stuck through this whole episode until next week bye Good Ever Gals is a production of School of Humans and iHeartRadio. It's hosted and produced and mixed in all kinds of crazy things by Gabby Watts, Nika Duarte, and Taylor Church. Please follow us on Instagram and Twitter at CadaverGals. Hey, girlfriends, it's me, Carol Fisher, back with another season of the global number one podcast, The Girlfriends. Last time, we investigated the murder of Gail Katz. This time, we're uncovering the identity of the woman who was buried in Gail's grave for a decade before she disappeared. Join me and the rest of the club as we tell her story. Listen to season two of The Girlfriends, Our Lost Sister on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hi, guys. Nancy Grace here, host of podcast Crime Stories with Nancy Grace. I've dedicated my life to fighting crime and helping crime victims. For a decade, I prosecuted violent felonies. Every day is a mission. Every day is a chance to stop crime and keep one more person safe. Listen to Crime Stories with Nancy Grace on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast. 
I'm Scott Weinberger, journalist and former deputy sheriff. In my new podcast series called Blooded, I'm embedded in the cold case investigation into the death of firefighter Billy Halpern. Experience this investigation in a truly unique way, untangling secrets that may reveal the answers to not only one case, but almost a dozen. Listen to Cold-Blooded, The Apollo Gym Murders on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Imagine you're a fly on the wall at a dinner between the mafia, the CIA, and the KGB. That's where my new podcast begins. This is Neil Strauss, host of To Live and Die in L.A., and I wanted to quickly tell you about an intense new series about a dangerous spy taught to seduce men for their secrets and sometimes their lives. From Tenderfoot TV, this is To Die For. To Die For is available now. Listen for free on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.